and welcome to the Nomadic Curiosity Podcast. Hello, hello. I am your host, Zachary Madison, but I go by Zach. And co-host, uh, Devin Smith, uh, or Dev School, whatever, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, and this is the first episode of our brand new podcast, so we figured mm-hmm. we'd start it off just introducing ourselves as well. Um, our human aspects of mm-hmm. being, you know, all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, Devin, tell me and uh, all the audience or folks, who and what are you? <laughs> uh, what is it that makes you? I'm pretty sure I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm a human being. Um, at least that's what I'm told. So percentage wise, how much would you say? Um, well, I mean, probably at least like seven percent human. Because um, I know 7%, human bodies well, are made of like a lot of water and stuff, so I don't know what. Yeah, the I think they said even is. a bishop's like eighty percent water. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, so, so, yeah, um, so, uh, I'm 23, um, um, my pronouns are he, him, his, um, I was assigned female at birth, and I transitioned a few years ago, so that's just a fun fact about myself and my person, um, and, um, yeah, I've been a, um, recovering alcoholic and addict, um, for a couple years now, so, um, that's cool, um, and, yeah, so I've, I've been, um, I feel like I've lived, like, a probably, like, at least 12 lifetimes in one, but now, you know, um, I would say I'm very, um, spiritually centered, um, and I'm constantly trying to learn more and more, that's why this podcast will be great to be able to, uh, get to just, you know, do what we do anyway, just talk and learn from each other or whatever we're learning about and then get to share that with other people, which will mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, I don't know, maybe somebody will connect their own dots and come to some cool realizations. Um, or maybe they'll hate our fucking guts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Either way is acceptable, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know, that's kind of what my human is like. Yeah, so... Uh, well, uh, I'm I'm the uh, other host. I am uh, Zach. I am a gratefully recovering alcoholic as well. Uh, I'd say... Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. It's, uh, <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. <laughs> I was uh, a force more greater than myself that got me to where I am today. I can say that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd say my life has been... Uh, a rather rocky road in some aspects and rather amazing in other aspects. Fortunate. Uh, you know, I am a 22-year-old male. I, uh, I, I work as an EMT, um, which is honestly one of the greatest jobs, I'd say, um, that I've gotten the opportunity to do. Um, and, you know, like, I feel like you and I have been on a lot of, uh, a lot of really interesting endeavors together and death together <laughs> and uh <laughs> and I feel like we've both grown um along the same path for a while and we have a lot of commonalities and a lot of really big differences and I think that kind of brings a, a pretty good yeah a good balance for dialogue yeah, that's that, true and then you know that that's part of the motivation here at this this podcast too is you know I feel like we both are really really interested in a lot of uh 
a lot of very similar aspects of what, you know, reality is and all that stuff. And I think that, you know, yeah. we both can kind of construct a rather uh, interesting conversation. Hopefully others can either learn from it or, or take things from it or, or want to add in on it and, you know, come on here and mm-hmm. have conversations with us and we can provide that to other people. Yeah, and like you were saying too, we do have a good balance where, you know, uh, you know, me being Virgo and then, you know, you being Pisces or literally kind of uh, opposites, you know, we we kind of pull out, um, we, we have that opposite, that opposition, that duality that, that kind of helps us, I think, with our non-dualistic nature as well. Because, mm, like, know. the parts that you lack in, I may uh, kind of uh, express more and vice versa. The parts right. I lack in, you kind of embrace more and embody more of. Right, It's grounded, right. physical, earthy. Right. I'm more of this just kind of out there. Right. I'm in my head of dream yeah. world a lot. I yeah. live in a fucking fantasy world, people, let me tell you. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and I live, like, in the soil. I'm like a rock, <laughs> like, two feet underground, you know? <laughs> Your nuts are placed with acorns and planted it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, um... So so yeah so yeah. why don't we tell everybody kind of what our um, what our episode and um, what the podcast in general yes. will be about. Uh, so the name nomadic curiosity is it really kind of really hits home with me yeah. and, and yeah. Um, you know personally one of the things I believe is that curiosity is pretty much from what I can gather at this point the reason why existence itself even is. Because there was, there just, there, there, whatever there was, it was curious and it wanted to know what was inside. And so it, it created life within itself, this, mm-hmm. this divine mind of, of being. Yeah. And we are manifestations of that one. We are, uh, as a, a comedian Bill Hicks would put it, we are the imagination of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I, I actually really like that. Um, you know, all matter is merely energy condensed and reduced to a slow vibration. And, you know, like, uh, it's it sounds out there stuff, and, you know, maybe it is, but it, it is something that, that really, it shows a perspective to me of our absolute amazing, uh, our interconnectedness with with all else that is and... And also our contrasting uniqueness that is represented through each individual expression of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I think nomadic curiosity kind of shows that no matter where this curiosity goes, it is always home. It's always within the realm of itself. Right. There's always somewhere, there's always something in some place that can be learned. No matter where you are, whether you're in mm-hmm. a blank, white, all white room. Mm-hmm. Guess what? There's an infinite fucking universe inside of you. Yeah. That is complete, almost completely unexplored. Yeah. No, and and curiosity is so underrated too. Obviously, everybody knows what being curious is, and a lot of the times, if you think um, curiosity or curious, you think of like a kid, you know, or something, you know, a very innocent, just natural, you know, pure pure form of expression. Three year old walking in the woods, like, oh my god, it's a pirate ship! Right. When right, it's just like right. a piece of two by four. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing yeah. how much joy they can find yeah. in such 
Yeah, no, yeah. And that's why I think, too, um, going back to us, kind of bringing balance to one another, sometimes that, that helps. Um, you know, you are very more, um, you have that childlike curiosity sometimes when I feel burnt out or whatever that mm-hmm. brings that back into me. You know, it sparks that curiosity back into me. Because, uh, honestly, I think... I don't think anybody should give up on curiosity because I think we should always be wanting to learn more and more about everything. I don't think that any school or any teacher ever ruined our our need to learn and grow, you know. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of nice that we uh, have incorporated curiosity as being kind of like one of the cornerstones of the podcast because obviously if we don't have our curiosity, we've just, you know, grown hard and have just decided to settle, you know, you to not become this like stoic, yeah, kind of right. resistive, right? right. Non, you just aren't. You're just like I don't care. Yeah, that's, stagnant. There's yeah. no mystery in anything. Yeah. You're just like that's yeah, yeah, that's science. It's not fucking mystic. It's yeah. not. Yeah, there's no. You know, synchronicity is just a coincidence type of mindset. Yeah, and it's like you know what? It's okay to live that way. That's what you are. But mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of a lot of joy to be found in kind of just letting yourself not know. Yeah, and you like know? and even too like how you were mentioning with like a child seeing a two by four, you know, and being like, oh my god, you know, this mm-hmm. is a pirate ship, a pirate ship wrecked here. Mm-hmm. This is what's left. There must be buried treasure here. We're, right. We are going to find it. It's I think there. I admire that a lot, you know, because because really, like the more simple, the more simple and simple uh, you go, the, the you the know, simpler and simpler you go. Right. The more you simplify, you know, and you get down to just if you're, you know, if you're just um, doing like. You know, with meditation, even one-pointed um, focus or whatever mm-hmm. that's called, you know? Single-pointed focus or... Yeah, I think it's called... Focus. Yeah, right, right. So, like, if you're kind of just thinking on one thing and you go deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, like, you, it, it is crazy what you can come up with, you know, just like, you know, when you're... <laughs> you know, when you when you think there's nothing else left exciting and stuff, you go, you go backwards. You kind of deconstruct what you've kind of looked over um and something i always liked um that i heard uh from alan watts Ooh. <laughs> something i uh heard from alan watts that i liked was um a quote where he was saying um the moment you tell a child um the name of something for example a child sees a bird and you say oh that's a bird that child never sees that bird again um, because then it's kind of our natural ego to say, oh, I know what that is, and you don't it's, I take, see the word bird now. Right, you don't take a second look at it, and you don't get curious of what kind of bird, or, or how how is how is that flying, or what was the evolution of that, or this to or that. To me, it kind of you know? seems like when somebody, when there's like something that is unknown to me, and then like I point it out, and somebody else is already like, yeah, I know what that is. Mm-hmm. In my mm-hmm. head, I instinctively kind of draw to, all right, so then that's already a known thing that, like, you know, it's not discovered. I don't, you know, like, it's kind of like, all right, well, people already know right. what that is, so I guess. Yeah, we ruin things for ourselves by being like, oh, yeah, somebody's already figured that out. Rather yeah. than actually doing our own, I like, feel like that's one of those yeah. self-limiting behaviors that we can kind of get trapped in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that really just does come down to the ego because I'm catching myself doing that when I do it, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know about that. And then you have to think back like, no, okay, well, you know, 
I mean, because there's always more you can, you know, connect in on and, and um, you know, tune into, um, even just going as simple as, like, you know, how cotton is being grown and, and whatever it is, you know? Like, that's how you start to notice the subtle nuances of nature. Like, when you watch a movie, you watch it and you're like, okay, I've already seen that movie. Then you watch it again, and now you pick up on something you missed before. Mm-hmm. And there are some movies, you can watch them like ten times, and you're like, wow, I can't believe I didn't get that the first nine. Or music, yeah. Or even a piece of music, yeah. yeah. And you start to like really further deepen your understanding. you know. But if you have that aspect of, I've already seen that movie, I already know what it's about, what it mm-hmm. is, you know, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I got it. It's, yeah. It's kind of like, all right, well, damn. Well, yeah. Then, I guess that's that. Well, yeah, the constant art of trying to unruin things for yourself, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, it really like is a daily practice of you're trying to like <laughs> unruin the things that you've ruined, you know, through your programming and and through you know whatever your ego has identified, uh, you know, a certain thing with a certain definition or a, 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 you know what it appears like physically the way it manifests, you know, or whatever. Um, which is you know which which is what we're all kind of doing all the time i think we're trying to deconstruct what we have learned you know and then you know learning way more from that process rather than just you know moving moving through um you know thinking you know what's in front of your face all the time you know never actually getting curious about you know atoms never physically even being able to touch each other or or just even anything you ever look at you know oh yeah i mean like then you can trail off into a whole tangent of like all the new studies like quantum physics and mm-hmm. all the stuff mm-hmm. you don't understand like you know just computer programming in general or hacking or algorithms or math or science or really yeah. i don't really know much of any like i, I wouldn't consider myself an academic uh a professional you know i i just like to entertain my curiosity, and I think that that's kind of like the, the approach that we're probably trying to take with this is, you know, we're not trying to sit here and be like, yeah, I know this information I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I just like to entertain curiosity. Yeah, learn giving things, curiosity get new perspectives. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. I, I like to leave my my uh, curiosity uh, to be a nomadic tribe of curious wonder, as, uh, as lame or douchey as that may sound. Um, I, uh... I like that state of being. It, it it's there's a lot less resistance there. Yeah. I mean, don't f- I find that I'm not defending my like myself very much. Mm-hmm. You know, like where when you're like really like yeah, this is who I am. This is who I know. Yeah. And then shit is bound to happen to challenge that because yeah. we're attempting to define something that's indefinable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's too why people are trying to constantly like. Um, kind of alleviate suffering through attachments or desires or things they identify with is because kind of the more that you're identifying with and the more that you're attaching to, um, the the more empty you're going to end up feeling, you know, because I feel like usually a lot of the time the emptier and the emptier I go, you know, or the more simpler and simpler, like we were saying earlier, you know, I think that's when I start to feel the fullest. I feel the connection with everything else rather than trying to grasp at everything and identifying with everything and, and, and attaching to everything, ideas and beliefs and, and people or, or whatever it may be, you mm-hmm. know. 
Um, yeah, because then in that aspect too, then you start to compare things when you start identifying with stuff. First off, when you identify with something, you immediately, simultaneously, are also uh, not associating yourself with the other things that, you know, you're saying, well, you know, I am this, which means, you know, it kind of arises the notion that I am also not this, like, I am this, therefore I, I, I cannot be this. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, you know, limiting something, which ultimately is, you know, there's all these different layers and degrees um, and situations and, and objects that we each identify with and and therefore don't identify with, you know, a set of whatever that is included with that. And then we use that to kind of identify this mm-hmm. sense of uh, this sense of uniqueness to uh, uniqueness of personality, I guess where we can then kind of further sum that up into what we would be considered as an ego, you know, where we are told when we're growing up, oh, you do this, this is what you are, this is who you are, you know, and okay, this is who I am, and we start forming that, you know, like, I am a pirate, for sure I am a pirate, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, like, and when you're playing as a kid, then obviously you forget that, and then you, oh, no, I'm this, and then you're taught in school and all that stuff, and eventually you lead to this identity of, well, I'm a... I'm a software tech, and right, I, yeah. you yeah. know, I really like this playing foosball with yeah. my boy, yeah. uh, Nikki G, shout out, you know, yeah. like, something <laughs> that, and you're like, this is your experience, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it, but I find all too often, more and more increasingly nowadays, there's more and more unhappiness. The people I meet, maybe it's just the vibe I'm putting out that people that are unhappy or unsure of themselves end up finding me and are like, hey, I have no idea what I'm going through and that's just all I see. Or I just go on social media and I see a lot of people my age are really fucking see, not having a great see, time. that's what's ironic too is because I think a lot of, um, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us humans in general, um, we are really trying to play pretend that we are something or other. That this is really serious. This is who I am consistently every day. And this is what I appear to be on my social media. This is what I appear to be to my coworkers, my family, my my significant other, this or that, you know? But truly, I think that really the less we do identify with anything or the, the less we try um, to have a certain set personality, um, you know, persona, mask, um, you know, the, the more we actually feel consistently fulfilled and consistently... Um, present and and self-aware of, you know, of ourselves rather than trying to, you know, like children, like play pretend, like I am a pirate, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I am. no question to you that you are a pirate. Like, exactly. Like, I am a pirate. I have my own ship. My two-year-old nephew absolutely thinks he's a dinosaur. I mean, like, I'm talking (laughs) for, like, months he's been a dinosaur. I get... It might be concerning at this point, but it's it's also really adorable. So well, he's getting good practice at least yeah, for preparing is. to be an adult. Because there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of roaring and pretend biting that happens in yeah. adulthood. Yeah, especially in the teenage years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like it's it's there's no question how and that kind of shows being human how easy it is for us to identify with something that's so absolutely absurd. Like, it's it's obviously he's not a dinosaur. 
In fact, we don't even really know, you know, what a dinosaur actually is. But he believes that, you know. So as that transforms as we grow, we believe we are this, you know, human matrix identity place here. You know, we, we really believe that. We are, a lot of people are just, I mean, oh, there's no question to it. It's like, oh, yeah, bro. I mean business, like, I'm out, yeah, yeah, this is what I am, like, I don't know why I'm making that voice, like, <laughs> I, I'm just it's picturing cow, some, like, drunk dude who's, yeah. like, fishing, and he's, like, telling a story about, oh, yeah, bro, like, I'm such a fucking hard ass, like, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, really believe that so hardcore, Yeah. that, ultimately, those notions of ourselves continuously get challenged, and then we react to them, we shape we, we we react to them, and that ends up shaping our further identity as it keeps on growing and merging and, and morphing to fit a more, uh, I guess, a more and with comfortable good, sense of w- self. W- with good intent, too, we all do that. You know what I mean? We all, um, you know, with good intent, we all even uh, have our own uh, our own kind of philosophies or religions that we like um, to practice or we like to, um, you know, explore, you know, and that's all, that's all good and fine, you know, Uh, it's, it's not like anybody's going out to, um, you know, learn more about, you know, their, their God or their, their way, whatever that is, you know, because personally I do like Taoism and I like Buddhism, you know, or just, just science in general too it doesn't even have to be really a category of religion but as as long as you're not trying to um identify to the point where you're shutting out um your curiosity completely with learning about other things that might change your mind that might help you grow a little bit you don't have to be this this solid person consistently you're constantly making mistakes like a child or you're constantly doing something you didn't mean to do or you're learning something that helps you help other people more or whatever that is and then you have to kind of we all need to treat ourselves like children and be like oh that's right whoops i made a mistake sorry about that i didn't mean to hurt your feelings move on you know what i mean do better next time mm-hmm. you don't have to uh you know see that actually so this brings up a point that i guess i've contemplated a lot is the idea of conditioning mm-hmm. um so you know like obviously if you take a kid and you know you give it whatever it wants and you make it feel good and all that stuff you know, like, you can see, like, characteristics that develop with that kind of this, like, expected anticipation of, well, you know, like, I'm going to get what I want, all I have to do is ask for it. And then when they don't get that, it kind of really it emotionally, like, hurts, it wreaks havoc on their life, you know. Some points it's actually really severe, and a lot of people, like, suffer really badly because of those. Uh, so, like, the idea of notion is, uh, or not notion, the idea of conditioning is how you discipline a child as they're raising, as you're, as they're growing up. Because in an essence, you are kind of trying to mold them from this, this state. You're, you know, you're trying to guide a child. Yeah, you're trying a to lot create times, their behavioral patterns for them. Yeah, a lot of times kids don't really have the capacity to, like, learn some of these, uh, these attitudes and behaviors just from the set of experiences that they're having, you know. Obviously, we learn from making mistakes. But sometimes kids aren't really... In that, I'll watch a kid, when I was a kid, 
I used to do this thing where I wanted to make the loudest noise in the world. I would take this hammer, and we had this picnic table in my backyard, and I would bash the picnic table with the hammer as hard as I could. And this happened at least three or four times. The the back end of the hammer, the, like, claw, smacked me right in the forehead. Oof. And I burst it open, bloody and all that stuff. That happened, like, three or four times. Wow. I didn't learn from that lesson until three. I got hit in the head so many times, you know? So then you have probably to, the concussions. Well, yeah, that's probably why I am. That's probably why I'm so like. Well, I just probably I'm why live you in kept dream. hitting the table. Yeah, <laughs> kept hitting your head. I mean, like one could say that's probably not normal. But I was a little kid, so that's normal as a kid. Oh yeah, we all do weird. Th- I mean, we still do those things as adults. We do weird things, you know. A lot of times, those things hurt us, and we do it again. They hurt us, we do it again. We still yeah. don't learn from them. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. So the idea of discipline and conditioning your kids through growing up, you know, people say, oh, you should never, ever, ever hit your kid. Obviously, don't beat the shit out of it, you know, like, but, like, is spanking necessary sometimes? You know, because maybe it kind of teaches you that sometimes there's consequences that seem unfair to you to your actions in life. And maybe it is an act act of love kind of showing a little bit of sense of force. Obviously, I'm not saying don't beat your kids. I mean, a a constructive uh, discipline of your kids you know, and, 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 you know, obviously if you're a strict ass person, like, no, you can't look at the ground. You have to look straight forward. Every time the kid looks at the ground, you smack him in the ass. You know, that's just abuse. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the idea of conditioning itself is kind of. Well, kind of in a way, we also, um, have taken, um, obviously psychologically, we've, we've all taken whatever, however our parents have disciplined us and treated us and reprimanded us into how we have our own self-talk uh, in our own head, our mm-hmm. own self-talking, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that can be pretty harmful in everything, depending on what your parent or your uh, guardian situation was. It's really was. amazing that we brought this topic up, but... Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll... Okay, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was just going to say, kind of, we, we, we have to kind of do that to ourselves as well, kind of learn how to, to reparent ourselves and watch our own thoughts and kind of... Uh, you know, really, truly raise ourselves continuously, you know, as we make mistakes and and then we forgive ourselves and we try again, you know, but uh, go ahead, yeah. So actually, so uh, one of the exercises that I like to do for meditation is sometimes uh, it's kind of like a word exercise. I'll just start writing just random words and stuff and just literally like I'll be like butterfly blueberry, Apache green tea, lemon forest wipes, you know, like just whatever. I'll just start writing. And like uh, as I start getting in this like weird flow of kind of letting my mind just like just go, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll start to just like like it'll just start to come naturally. I'll start writing out some like really like what I what I would consider more subconscious type of thoughts. So like it's kind of like a good way of taking my really deep hard to hear thoughts Mm -hmm. and just spilling it out onto words Mm -hmm. and sometimes like i mean sometimes it's like it it almost feels like channeling like like it's not even coming from me like my identity my ego it's coming from a place that from this perspective of experience seems mystical seems not like ordinary extraordinary yeah yeah um and so i started writing out this one the other day and it was basically started talking about how the subconscious mind is, you know, that uh, 
that emotionally uh, what's the word emotionally immature aspect of ourself you know because obviously our ego mind is this the conditioned like obviously it's not acceptable for me to react that way but our subconscious mind is like i am so hurt by this mm. and our ego is just kind of like just fucking hide it just whatever right. or, or however you know yeah. just, i gotta deal with myself yeah. i find that myself and a lot of people that i associate with have that sense of I have to just deal with myself. I got to go and deal with my head. When I'm laying in bed at night, I have to deal with these thoughts that I feel are just happening to me. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. Yeah, by default. That's where I kind of think, like, I disagree where um, I think the subconscious is more um, where the ego um, kind of, uh, you know, dwells, in my opinion. Because it's more that, it is more that, that programming you have those those thoughts by default, those mm-hmm. autopilot thoughts that well, run the show. Yeah, you know? so uh, the way I was seeing it is the ego is trying to attempt to say, well, these thoughts shouldn't be. And it's the one that's kind of continuously trying to distract ourselves from, from healing or, or maturing those, those, those emotional immaturities of our subconscious reactions. You know, subconsciously, I know some people, they're so detached from their inner self that, like, They'll be fine one minute, and next thing you know, they're fucking in tears, and they don't even know why. They're just like, I'm just crying, I'm sad. You know, one could yeah. say maybe it, whatever it is, you know, but, you know, some people, they really, they, they'll start having emotions, they don't even know where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, to me that says maybe there's a detachment there, you've just, whatever. So I think that our subconscious mind is is formed throughout childhood, that there is a a union between our subconscious and our con- or, or consciousness at that point we just are what we are Mm -hmm. as kids and as we're growing Mm -hmm. we're disciplined for doing things but when we did them they came to us naturally they were oh you know i just did that because that's what i do you know i didn't mean to do i didn't mean to drop the juice all over the floor why are you yelling at me i'm sorry and Mm -hmm. we start to kind of say man i we start to separate ourselves a little bit and say man you know i i I made i made mom mad i made dad mad We yeah. don't know why we did that, but we start to form that separation. And so that separation forms when we start to kind of start disciplining ourselves. Well, that's when we kind of become self-aware, too, when we realize, oh, I did that. You yeah. know, I did that to that person. Oh, this is my fault. Mm-hmm. I did this, you know. Yeah. And so our subconscious reactions are formed based off of our discipline style as a child. So if when you find somebody who grew up in a primarily abusive household, they got disciplined a lot for things that they completely didn't understand and still don't to this day, you can see a very drastic difference between somebody who was maybe constructively disciplined or grew up in a religious household or somebody who wasn't disciplined at all. You can see right, subconscious, right. like, almost obvious manifestations in their their character, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and so, like, I, I guess the way we treat ourselves is based off of the way we were taught and how, we, discipline pun- how as, we punish ourselves, yeah. too, you know? We punish ourselves as well, for sure. So I feel like yeah. that, that kind of mental thought of I have to deal with myself is almost a manifestation of uh, the way that maybe our whole generation was kind of disciplined in, in, like, this matter of, like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I don't want to deal with this kid. And so we kind of, like, somehow, like, merged with that, that mentality of, like, I don't even want to deal with myself. And we didn't do, we didn't make that happen. Some people literally kill themselves over thoughts like that. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I, I can very much so say that I was close. I'd say that right. a lot of us were close. Right. It's a lot of a, people I know. Yeah. Right. It's a it's a kind of a programming, you know that uh, that how we were kind of saying as well that we, you know how we continue to parent ourselves and punish ourselves and reprimand ourselves, you know, or or just judge, you know, just really I, you know. We are too self-aware for our own good, you know. Mm-hmm. We're too self-aware that you know that we're playing the blame the blame game, and we're always on the losing end, you know. Whether somebody else has done something wrong, and uh, we didn't have anything to do with it, and we just have our feelings hurt, we're gonna continue to create more of our own problems ourself rather than letting our emotional body just deal with it and accepting it and letting those you know those feelings be hurt and Mm -hmm. accepting them we're gonna continue to use our our ego or our mask our personality blah 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 to 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 try to protect ourselves i think a lot of the time like when i'm saying ego as well just to kind of clarify i'm I'm not saying like pride you know I, i am just saying like our own our own like inner dialogue you know, and our own kind of programming, our own, our own program, really. You know what, you know, the constant chatter that is within the contents of your skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, kind of, <laughs> kind of trailed off there. <laughs> um, but but either way, so yeah, you know, we've got to kind of try to be a little easier on ourselves as we're parenting ourselves as well, because we will end up you know, uh, punishing ourselves over and over again, um, rather than kind of, you know, forgiving ourselves or forgiving somebody else, allowing us to forgive ourselves, you know, even if we haven't done anything wrong, it doesn't help for us to be upset still punishing ourselves. Yeah. And and that idea of parenting Mm ourselves, that entirely is, um, I think a product of something that, you know, we've learned through spirituality. Uh, and by that, I mean everybody to an extent parents themselves. However, you find some people that were raised in really abusive households and you know, maybe were primarily not religious or spiritual or really, you know, like it was, they, they, they were, some parents don't really raise their kids on any like philosophy. Myself. Yeah, myself. Yeah, but, yeah. but you, you did to an extent get some, like, you know, encouragement, I think, to kind of look at some of those uh, spiritual side maybe I, well wh- I when I, I was when I was when I was younger it was a little different mm-hmm. um just because my parents um you know weren't they weren't who they are today you know they um they really lost themselves you know so they didn't have any sort of um any sort of um of their own parenting to themselves so there really there wasn't really a lot that happened um you know, for me as a, as a child either, I didn't really, I wasn't taught kind of, um, punishment and stuff. It was more so self-created, uh, just neglect. That's usually how I think neglected children end up, um, they end up way more harder on themselves, abusing themselves a lot more than they might have yeah. actually been abused. So like, <laughs> you I, know? yeah, I think like, cause it kind of instills the sense of inner anxiety of like, like, maybe there was so much, like, you know, whether it was just even emotional abuse. It doesn't have to be physical. It could be emotional or psychological abuse, which, in my opinion, are often the most overlooked type of abuse from a parent. Yeah. Because uh, most people, they look for physical signs. Like, are your parents beating the shit out of you? Okay, well, obviously, you're covered in bruises, and you're terrified of the sight of eye contact. So, like, you know. But with physical, with emotional and psychological abuse, it could be way harder to recognize. And I think p- kids kind of start growing up with this chronic sense of anxiety, 
because they're so confused about what the hell is going on inside of their body that they develop this this fixation on just just being outside of themselves and sometimes it's, it's rather extrovert or it's even introverted that you're just constantly distracting yourself probably mm-hmm. through consumption of binge watching movies and tv shows and and constantly just fixating, hyper-fixating something other than what's going on inside yourself. Anytime that starts creeping up, you're like, oh, I ain't gonna fuck away from that, mm-hmm. you know? It's like a really deep fear of inside of yourself. So, like, I feel like that kind of instills this chronic sense of anxiety. And then if you don't have any sort of formal or even informal sense of spirituality or, or just, like, a, what's the word, a community of coping measures Mm -hmm. you're you're pretty much on your own in that aspect and that that kind of leads people to this this cynical deeply unhappy kind of just become whatever the social norm is and that's just what i'll be because even let's say there is a human being who had a perfect childhood great parenting and everything eventually at the end of the, the day that human being is going to be left to their own devices to treat themselves however they're going to treat themselves you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because... That's kind of where, like, the idea of, of teaching yourself starts to develop. I feel like what we've learned through spirituality, at least some bit, is a way to work with that inner sense of wisdom that doesn't really seem to have, like, a... I, you know, I don't... I wouldn't necessarily say, like, yeah, that's who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, when you could say, oh, the superego, it's like the, the, ideal, the ideal person that you want to be in your mind, and you're just kind of talking to this abstract sense of that or whether it truly is a a spiritual power a a higher self Mm -hmm. that that you know we're able to access that that divine connection of of higher consciousness and yeah that we are that true guidance you know yeah yeah and being in that state of egoic consciousness this this usually what we would call everyday ordinary human experience reality we can, you know, communicate with this higher self and kind of learn higher judgments and, and different moral aspects to kind of work towards. Where if we're constantly taught growing up that we're just, you know, this anxiety-ridden, confused, no idea, we're just, con- you know, we don't know how to, we don't know what normal is or what to strive to be, you know? So, like, spirituality kind of offers that sense of, like, Oh, you know, like, I guess I just inherently know this feeling deep inside of me, what right and wrong is, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, not everybody has that, honestly, but, uh, you know, to some degrees, yes, you know, we know right from wrong intuitively, I'd say. Obviously, you know, beating, you know, beating somebody up is, is wrong, but you might do it because, like, well, I don't care, whatever. Spirituality is kind of striving to to fulfill that moral, deep feeling of just, I don't know, I, I feel like you kind of get this sense of reward when you do what is truly felt as the right thing, and it's kind of like a self-guided well, it, path. It's, but it's nice when feeling so empty feels so whole, you know? Mm-hmm. Um you know, because, like, how we were even talking about, you know, um, you know, sure, you know, you could say, yes, I was neglected as a child, and that maybe um, throughout my psyche and my programming throughout my life, maybe I have neglected 
um, parts of myself or this or that, you know, and go kind of into um, more childhood traumas and, and psychology and all that stuff. But then there's this place, too, where there is this kind of place of just, like, kind of neglect from everything that feels so full. It feels so good, so fulfilling, you know, because it, you're, there's nothing left, you know? Nothing left. And, I mean, that's kind of like what the Tao is for me or the God or the Isby state or whatever you, you want to call that, you know, when you're when you're just totally connected and tapped into that, you know? Mm-hmm. It just, it's, there's nothing there and there's, there's just nothing like it. You I know? think that would be one of the best ways to describe the actual essence of simply being what you are. So I feel like when that first is heard, you're thinking, okay, so that means just, you know, being the set of characteristics that you naturally are. No, it literally means sitting there and just silently experiencing just what you are, what yeah. Yeah. You are in that silent, empty mind state. You are truly being what you are. And that is just it. Only being. Yeah. Not anything else. Yeah. And that is such a yeah. beautiful, I know. Yeah. empty, terrifying, yet not terrifying yeah. state. You know, it can go either way. I say terrifying. I don't mean to scare people that haven't maybe gotten the hang of it. I don't mean terrifying in that sense. I think it's more terrifying no, it's just very foreign it's like alien yeah. it's there's there's it is kind of like in a way terrifying it's very very extreme in a sense it's you know? so it, it's extremely um what's the word uh like a word for the opposite of extreme it's it's extremely nothing it is so extremely nothing and so absolutely effortless that it's hard to do yeah it's so effortless that it's hard to do yes and that's that like balance that perfect like sweet spot of like really feeling the the non-duality you know of things when you're when you're intellectually trying to practice like for a long time i've intellectually tried to practice not looking at things in a dualistic way in a separate in a separate you know car car um uh car um, cut. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Help. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I, I don't know why I can't think of the word. Karma? Compartmentalize. Com- uh, compartmentalize. Compart- okay, uh, sure. Yeah, compartmentalize. <laughs> you get what we mean. Yeah, All right, sorry. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, where then you actually are feeling. You're actually feeling that balance where there there is everything and nothing, and it is so good. And it's not good. It's nothing. It's so nothing. It's so good. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it is radical nothingness. I'd right, say. radical nothingness. Radical yeah. nothingness. And it, it's, yeah. reached, it's reached, in my opinion, in my experience, I'd say, through a state of just absolute surrender. Yeah, yeah. The first time I'd say yeah. it happened was on the verge of killing myself. I literally yeah, was actually, just gave yeah. up. I was like, yeah. fuck it. And I felt this, like, just that. Just this like... Just that overcome. Just that silent... Yeah. Oh, this just yeah. this ominous hum yeah. of emptiness. Yeah. And I realized, like, I don't need to kill myself. Yeah. I... I 
I just need, you know, it, it's in a way of just letting that identity go. Yeah. It, it's a killing of the the attached self mm -hmm. and surrendering it and letting that go. And it's just there. It's never not been there. Because it's like you're not actually, like, because I can relate to that actual, like, that feeling of what you're talking about, you know. It's like that when you're not trying, you're not, you're not trying and there's nothing left. There are moments like that when you are extremely depressed or extremely suicidal when you are just, there's nothing left that, you know, like the Taoist way is, you know, inaction, the not doing, you know, and stuff like that or whatever, you know, but, but really you are, it's like the first taste of without just accidentally stumbling on it, you know, mm -hmm. where you do realize there's just nothing there and it's kind of relieving I'd in say way, it's it's you know? if anything it is it is divine mercy it's grace yeah it's a good it, way to it, put it's it it's kind of in the most suffering the most like deadly suffering point that a like a, a being could could believe that it's in leads you to that state of overwhelming overcoming being overcome by peace and comfort so and I think that that is that is a overwhelming sense of mercy so then what do you think is like i mean i already have my own answer in mind so like olives <laughs> so like olive <laughs> oh, so like because i was just kind of thinking about this um but then so i wanted your point of view so what's what's the difference between your kind of version of meditation um and prayer is there a difference mm -hmm. what is the difference what do you believe okay well or feel or so i guess there's be. there's two senses <laughs> there's two senses one i heard a really good quote that one could put it from the goic point of view meditation is god talking to you and prayer is you talking to god and that's you know based off of the presupposition that you believe in god or a higher power whatever that may be whether it's source whether it's just the universe prayer you could pray to the universe you could pray to if you truly believe the universe is raw physical hard stupid matter it's just dumb rocks and solid things and you're the smart like tangible aspect element of what that is you know you can still pray to that rock you know and if that makes sense so you don't even have to really believe in god but it's you kind of talking to that which is and meditation is that which is is speaking to you Okay, so kind of like prayer would be more of like a an outward kind of... Um, and I guess one added thing is a lot of people have different notions of what prayer is. Some oh, people yeah, would say yeah. prayer Just is you kind of being like, oh, please help me. I am so stuck in this. I need help. I need help out of this. Asking for something. But I'd say prayer is more of an outward, genuine expression in almost a poetic way of saying like fuck yeah to what this is mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and i think prayer can be just i'm ex outwardly expressing and i'm allowing myself to embrace this expression of just yeah like, i agree thank you to yeah, just yeah. world to i agree you know yeah that that's kind of how i feel on the prayer side too that's when i'm more kind of trying to um acknowledge and express my gratitude you know where i'm trying to actually um you know i'm, I'm trying to actually um fill my head more so with the things and fill my heart with the things you know uh that i am grateful for or whatever or maybe whatever some 
sometimes you, you might be asking for something. You might be asking for strength or patience, something or other, you know, but you're tapping into that or whatever, you know. Um, but then I kind of agree how I feel meditation is you're kind of peeling all that back, you know, and you're kind of going more inward as well. You know, you're just sitting with everything, you know. You're not really having to, you know, think and use your mind or anything, you know. I'd say, too, with prayer, it could be coming, too, from the state of consciousness that you're in, the way the style of the prayer is worded. Obviously, if you're in a really suffering, egoic state, like, I mean, the prayer is probably just, like, an outward, like, God, please help. This I'm going to die right now. And, like, it'll be answered. I genuinely do believe that prayers would be answered. Um, you know, I don't think man in sky sitting there with a telephone listening to like the prayer scope like no i mean like <laughs> i mean like you put that energy out into the universe and that the universe is this intelligent quantum uh, just vastly mysterious transforming object in which we are one with and i think that if our emission of of something is put out with the intention of like like just please anything I think that there will be an opportunity provided by that express or provided to that expression. Like you're washed, being wiped away in the Amazon, and you like please help me. A vine's gonna fall in the water or something, or you'll find a vine that's right there conveniently. You can grab onto it and pull yourself out of the river. You know, I feel like uh, there's that type of prayer. But then there's also the like if you're like I'm talking like Buddha state mind. The prayer where like it just comes out like where you're Buddha like state yeah mind. like you're given like here's expression of full divine energy like may the full divine force awaken within you and may all of prana life force energy exhibit in every cell of your body and may you be one with peace and contentment with each and every passing moment of all existing reality may you be here now in this moment forever with me free divine and infinitely you know you can just that's a prayer right there mm -hmm. and it's a prayer wished upon somebody and it is genuine and it is it's fulfilling and it's truthful because you're wishing that energy that signal to be given to you through the forces of this mystical life that we are in mm -hmm. it's just like oh. mm -hmm. and you're just like oh every cell is vibrating and my fingers and my mm -hmm. toes and my balls are tingling and you're like <laughs> I like this I like being here. I like life. I like the mysterious not knowingness of life. I like the passing of every moment. And it doesn't... It's funny how, like, at this... From where I'm at right now, this mind state, it all seems so obvious and easy to me. But it's also, right, yeah, like, yeah. that goes away so quickly so and quickly, unnoticeably. Yeah, and then yeah. you're like, how the fuck do I get content? Yeah. You know? All oh, this shit's true. happening. This person's trying to fucking steal my life. This person's like, I don't know what they're doing, but they're not talking to me, and I don't know why. And, and then you got all these worries and wonders and no answers, and you feel lost, alone, afraid, in a world that you never made. It uh, is, actually turns out it's not an Alan Watts quote. He was quoting somebody else, but I don't remember <laughs> who it was. Um, but, you know, we start talking about all those things, and really it comes down to... The simple nature of the isness and being that which is, you know, that that recognizing like the Tao, mm -hmm. and you, becoming one with the Tao is essentially like becoming one with the way that nature is, and it's like this uncut version, 
It's like taking a tree and that tree as fucked up as it was, if it grew all around, wrapped around another tree and branches got all twisted off by lightning, well, that's exactly the way that you were supposed to be. That's the way nature made that manifestation. And it's just give up, surrender to trying to form and shape it and make it something. Right. seems like spirituality's yeah, end yeah. result is to stop being spirituality. Right. Stop pursuing right, it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, because I think that's always um, kind of a, a process that you have to take on um, once you're really starting to get into, like, your exciting spiritual practices and you're learning about all these different techniques you might put into a like practice or 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 whatever that may be you know you're you're you know learning about a new religion that you really resonate with or something there is that process where you kind of have to um you have to kind of unruin what you've ruined, you know, where you've over-connected with it and over-identified with it, uh, whether it was a belief or this or that, you know, and then you kind of have to, you know, just slowly peel all that back, and sometimes it starts getting harder at that point because you might be in a lower place where you're not as, you know, excited and it's not as new or, or you know, or whatever, um, but then you're kind of actually um, feeling that actual connection um, for the first time when it's actually like real and raw and not just something that you, uh, you, you intellectually like or something you, um, may agree with and you, you feel, um, or even understand. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, something that feels like, uh, self improving or something like that. I don't know the words to kind of put there, but, um, mm. you know, but the healing, yeah, yeah, something really like healing, something that you really resonate with, but then you kind of have to, <laughs> it doesn't last forever, you know what I mean? You're going to go through a period where uh, everything's going to suck again, <laughs> you know, and, and somebody is going to be driving really annoyingly in front of you, and there's going to be something um, out of your control or whatever where you're going to feel powerless again, and then... Um, that's when I think you kind of, uh, start to kind of, um, I don't know, actually kind of lick your wounds a little bit and, and feel a real... And, and actually, like, form, yeah, wisdom, like, you learn and grow from those experiences. Yeah, like, something might actually become a real part of you, you yeah. know, in the greater sense, like, you know, not just you, you, but you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. like, you know... Rather than you identifying with it and liking it or agreeing or whatever, and then it, it, it kind of being what's left is usually what I, you know, what I will I, I end up identifying with if it's religions, politics, people, jobs, whatever, you know. Ideologies. If, right, whatever it is, you know, it'll be kind of, it'll, it'll be what, what you have not forced to be. You know, mm -hmm. it will be what actually is that that is be. You know. Yeah, it's like that. The life force energy. It's like when you start doing things in that state of flow. It's almost effortless. Mm -hmm. It's like it almost does feel like you are work. Like 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 there is a like there is a a higher spiritual being that is working through you. Yeah. Right. And it's a so fulfilled and light sense, like you're walking on air and like it's like every action and every thought and every you know, word out of your mouth and uh, just all of it seems just so perfectly done and yeah. orchestrated so and so cohesive. like wow. Yeah. And it's like yeah. I didn't even do 
any of that, you know. That's what the Tao is, man. Exactly. You know, that's what it is. That right there, that's like, that's the way, you know. And that's the Wu way, you know. And then you, like, when you feel that too, yeah. it's like you you automatically, without even thinking, recognize it in all else. Yeah. So you become this accepting, you become accepting of the passage of time, the impermanence of every moment. Everything, thought, situation, being, personality, and situation in life is, imperson- is, is impermanent. Loved ones will come, loved ones will go. Loved ones will live, loved ones will die. And you kind of start embracing this, like, mentality, and not even mentality, this state of being yeah. that is just perfectly, like, accepting of it as it goes, as it flows, as it turns and twists. You know, like, I, I've had so many friends... In the past three years. I've had, like, so many friends. Well, so I've had. It's past tense. Hear that. Bumming me out. <laughs> uh, I've had so many friends in the past three years that, you know, were so close. That must so be close. really tough, yeah. And just watching <laughs> them all literally just leave for one reason or another, going different directions in life or losing connection and, and just watching that, you know, like, families that you're so close to and then now they're absolute strangers to you. And it's like, think back to those times, and it's like, wow. Yeah. At that point, when I was there, I never even considered the notion that that wouldn't ever be a part of my life. Like, mm-hmm. like it wouldn't be a part of my life. Yeah. And now that it's not, I'm looking back, and I can be like, wow, like, what even what even do I have now? You know, like, I do I appreciate what I have now? Yeah, it's, like, like, it's like we're always going through some sort of breakup, and exactly. we're trying to learn how to, like, live with what's left. And there's really a beauty, there is a really, there's, there is a nice serenity there, you know, because mm-hmm. then all that's left is all that's left, and that feels really good, you know, it does. I feel like that serenity kind of comes with recognizing, one, like all the faults and failures that are within you, accepting them, not trying to resist or deny them, along with everything else. Even though you feel all the negative and sad things, you still have the, like, the embraced net around it of serenity. Where it's like, yeah, I'm fucked up. I did shitty things. I, you know, whatever it may be. But I'm happy. And and I'm not self-deprecating over it. I just, you feel happy and you feel this, not happy, but content and, and peaceful and there's a desire that is naturally present to just learn and grow and become a better person. It's not even that you have to try to do it. It's just, it's always within you. It's that innocence, you know, it's like that innocence, you know, mm-hmm. just like how kind of full circle, you know. Like my nephew that thinks he's a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. We were playing in the backyard and uh, I pretended to get eaten and killed and I like laid there with my eyes closed. And he mm-hmm. goes, oh no, you Okay. I was like, yeah, I'm all right. And he gave me his hand and helped me up. Mm-hmm. This kid's two years old, can barely talk. But you want to know what he did? He felt empathy for me because he genuinely thought he killed me as a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And he helped me up. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. And, like, I feel like we're all that little natural little kid who's got that, like, are you okay? I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'll help you up. Mm-hmm. There's that inside of us. And, you know, to what degree do you fucking say, like, nah, that's not a part of me. I'm a fucking street shooter. Right, yeah. The whole way through, bro. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, what happened in your childhood that is making you completely reject all childlike aspects of yourself, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, and I don't mean that in a dick way, but, like... 
Oh no, but the, it's it's hard too, especially with um, you know, with uh, you know, masculinity in general too. You know, you're you're not supposed to be real soft and and nurturing and and um, you know, have that childlike wonder. It, it's it's. I mean, not that you're really not supposed to, but that's you know, that's kind of the opposition there. Yeah, you know, kind of the, the social the social like yeah, uh, yeah. direction that we kind of flow towards is yeah. Yeah, because, you know, even as we're talking about, you know, just being and everything and inaction and stuff, too, that's kind of something that was kind of a difficult thing. Obviously, me being transgender is a very physical, uh, surface-level um, issue, you know, which will end up, um, like, really affecting some of my thought patterns and, and emotional patterns and, and and behavioral patterns and everything, you know, because it is something that, um, you know, if I, I, if I was born, you know, female, then I at one point was kind of overcompensating with masculinity and really shutting out any femininity, you know? You find that a lot, um, almost a rejection of femininity. Yeah. In, in, in general, at, yeah. In, rather than, like, it's like embracing the masculine assertion as dominance even in even in females just cis females too like for our listeners that might not know what cis is you could describe that too okay so yeah so i'm transgender right yeah so i'm transgender in case anybody's not real familiar with gender stuff or whatever um but i'm transgender um so that means that i i have um you know i've come out and i've basically legally and socially transitioned um from female to male and it could be vice versa as well you know if if you know a trans woman came out and whatever did the same thing or something um but a cisgendered person would be somebody who um was born with the gender that they identify with so like i'd be a cis male right born a male i mean i'm a male right so i'm just trans male you know so it's just uh, you know i i didn't always identify as male but but yeah, so even among cis male, anyway, or masculinity cis, and cis females, yeah, like, yeah, it just in general, masculinity usually, or even in femininity, it, it seems like a lot of people, even if they were born female and everything, and they're cis female, I feel like there's still this kind of, um, kind of, uh, this kind of environment in the world where it's very masculine it's very um action based and very uh logical based and and kind of um you know kind of hardened it's kind of like the the like there's like a social pressure almost to kind of uh reject what what would be considered uh conventional feminine air quote feminine values and embrace more masculine uh assertions you know and i know that there's like you know the whole like uh systems at play to kind of uh challenge and uh test uh alter the social norms of what are considered to be gender norms and stuff like that all of that but like you know i guess i i didn't know all that stuff until i started becoming this age and you know like college and stuff influences you and whatever and you know you start learning that like that kind of stuff and that was something that kind of always jumped out my eye was like it kind of seems like you know there is a reject a rejection of from like on male side there's a rejection of uh masculinity and a more of a a path that is trying to more embrace femininity and uh femininity that is trying to embrace masculinity and reject femininity uh a little more and it's mm-hmm. like like there there's a 
maybe it, you could describe it as like a social balance that's trying to be found. Yeah. Or it could be even like a, a an, an equilibrium right, offset equilibri- that is, yeah, yeah, for an equilibrium. You know. Yeah, yeah, because you know, because like I was saying, even just transitioning and stuff, that really did affect, um, you know, how I, how I kind of um, felt towards feminine, like, um, you know, whatever feminine related qualities where where it is okay to be innocent and it is okay to be curious and it is okay to to be soft and nurturing with yourself and all these things you know that that's okay to be to be um you know very very feminine with yourself sometimes because really the feminine energy is really like introspective you know, more so is, is kind of my belief, you know, Mm -hmm. um, from kind of just what I've learned about kind of, you know, dualist kind of natures, obviously masculinity and femininity are a big, um, you know, a big topic in that aspect, you know, of duality and non-duality. Um, well, I guess in non-duality, they neither would be an aspect because they would be transcended and merged. But it's that cohesiveness of understanding both sides, you know what I mean? But it's also the recognition that there are one or other sides and, you know, like, and I'm not, I'm not trying to like challenge you. No, 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 continue, continue. So like, you know, if a non-duality, you're looking at something, you wouldn't see two separations. You would see a natural system as its whole, as it exists, as an entity, and you wouldn't be like, okay, well, this is uh, this is one side and this is the other side. Now we need to make them, you know, we need to make them one. They already are one. Right, right, right. You know, they already yes, are yes, one. Yeah. We don't need to separate them and then try and make them one. Right. It's just adding extra steps of egoic attempts to control that which is already ever-present. Right, right. Which yeah. is non-dualityness. Right, that's why you kind of can't, like, that's what I am agreeing with you, you know, that is, you know, what I was kind of trying to more get at is, you know, there are there are two sides, okay, yes, you know, there's masculinity, there's femininity, but there's no separation at all anyway. You can look at it and try to pick out, you know, aspects of, like how I was saying, you know, femininity would be related with, like, more introspective, and, and softer nurturing yeah. aspects and then masculinity being, um, you know, more outwardly, um, assert. You know, I always like to say like assertive. Yeah. Like assertive and action based. It's, it's, it's that's proactive. Right. Whereas right. Femininity might be more reactive, but right. I also, I'm not trying to get, uh, heat. I'm not an expert at this. You no. Know, I, yeah. No. Yeah. 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 But yeah. Words for, I food guess, for thought. You know? Yeah, food for thought. But yeah, so you know, it's kind of helped with that. That um, looking at both sides can kind of has helped with my non-dualistic view, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like in a way, um, the the two extremes kind of have helped me understand the the actual, uh, you know, intertwinement, the interconnection, mm-hmm. the interconnectedness. Of yeah. The... Right. Yeah. Right. Like if you were to take a a go- golf or a baseball apart, you know, you cut it in half and you look, you would see the inside and you would see the outside. From just looking at it, you would only see the outside and you could only assume that there's an inside. But until you actually cut it open and see the inside, can you fully understand that there truly is an inside that is in contrast to the outside, which gives reality to both inside and outside. Right. You know, it's like, that's what a lot of theories are, is like, they're looking at the outside of a baseball and they're like, well, I... I mean, I have to assume that there's an inside just because I can't see it and study it and understand it doesn't mean that it's not there. But, you know, you have to cut it open, take a look at it to validate, okay, it truly has an inside. I don't know what the fuck an outside thing 
that doesn't have an inside would be. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like a tennis ball, yeah, sure, it's hollow, but that the inside is just, that's what it is. It's a hollow inside. Mm-hmm. If there was no inside, it would just be, like, the other side yeah, on ins- the inside. Inside like, of what? what? Exactly. Right it's, now, we're inside, but we're inside of what? <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> like, so like, that's, that's right us. now, we're outside... But outside of what you know, yeah. there there's always there there is no. Like you they say, we together. are inside of the universe. But then you could also say we are inside of ourselves, which is inside of the universe. Mm-hmm. But then it's just an ever-ending series of insides to an outside. Or is it actually that we are all the whole thing, and that everything that has an inside has an outside, and that really the only reason that there's an inside is to give validity to the outside. Vice versa, you know, we have to, there's the, the understanding is there because it, it has to be, you know what I mean? Like, um, Edson Allen Watts quote is that everything that has an inside, everything that has an outside has an inside and everything that has an inside has an outside. And that's like true for everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like, you know, I guess that's, that, I don't, I don't know what you can apply that to, you know? Yeah, like anything, it's, it's yeah, very anything, yeah. Broad, yeah. You know, at that term, it can be literally used as it's basically uh, a commonly used axiom. Yeah, and word, it's kind of curious too when you're when you're kind of thinking about it, you know, because I can say maybe right now that I'm outside of you, that my body is separate from you, you know, that the air is separate from your skin my skin is separate from the air and everything you know we can we can say that there's separation there but technically we're all inside of of the same thing anyway you know mm-hmm. so i can say yes i might be outside you know i i might not be you i might be me you know but truly we are each other anyway we already are inside of one another outside of one another inside of one another outside of one another you know yeah. And then to actually know what something that is an inside and an outside is, you have to have contrast to something that has no inside or outside, which would be things like music. Music itself doesn't have an inside or an outside, but we know it exists. We can observe it. We can can create it. We can destroy it, probably. Um, No, probably not. I guess, yeah, I mean, well, I guess we aren't, you know, my body isn't destroying it, but the the physical matter that exists around us that might be invisible and really tiny, like air particles, is eventually slowing down the there's just the be, vibration. There's going to be tones and frequencies and everything, so it depends on what you call music. You know what I mean? Is there an inside and an outside to a frequency? Or is it merely just a a vastness of energy, a, a rush of energy? Yeah, a, man. A it movement. Just, just is be, you know? It is and it bees. It doesn't have an inside. It doesn't have an outside. Yeah. But we can create it, interact with it, destroy it. And it is the very thing that also gives us the contrast to understand that we have a physical inside and an outside in contrast to something that doesn't. Wow. Welcome to reality. And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this is the Nomadic Curiosity <laughs> Podcast. Yes. Can I? can't say that. Yeah, we can't take somebody else's. <laughs> can I say one last thing? <laughs> <sighs> what a great place it is that we are what a great thing that it is that we are is and being uh that just came out awful that's good enough i'm glad to be and 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 that there is something to be within mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and around mm-hmm. so i'm also i'm within and around something mm-hmm. yeah i agree 
And thank you for being inside of this and outside of this as well. And also not inside or outside of some <laughs> other things. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we'll call that um, the first episode here. Um, and, um, yeah, we're, we'll be excited to get into more topics. Um, and we're always open to uh, hearing input from people as well. And we would really love that, you know, to get some feedback and interaction with others as well, mm-hmm. what they may be curious to talk about or hear about and Absolutely. whatnot. So, yeah, so we'll call uh, it. Yeah, as always, um, I'm uh, Zachary Madison. I'll be your host. Yep, and your co-host, Devin Smith. Uh, and uh, I wish you to have <laughs> a beautiful morning. Uh, Noon, midday, evening, and night. Thank you.